It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. And today we are answering your Twitter questions ahead of the Cowboys Week 18 game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we get into all the news and notes going into that game and your questions, Landon. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I uh, I did hear a report that there was a a meteor explosion over uh, part of Pennsylvania, kind of close to where I think you are. Uh, and I wasn't sure if it was a meteor explosion or just you reading the news about Micah Parsons uh, and, and and having an explosion. So I, uh, I'd like to get that cleared up right away. Yeah. So it, it was fairly close to me. Um, I, I didn't notice it, but I, I thought it was going to do something with me being upset that the Steelers beat the Browns on Monday Night Football. It had Why would you be that. upset your favorite team won a game, Marcus? I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> Can I just say it real quickly? We don't have to have a big slobber fest over every quarterback that just retires or whatever. Like, there's certain guys that we don't need to do this with, and seem like we did not need to have that one on on Monday. That's all. That's all I want to say. I, I, you know, look, if we wanted to do a whole podcast on that, I don't know that anybody in Cowboy Nation would be upset about it. Uh, but 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 we're gonna move on because we don't need to linger on him any longer than the the national media did. (laughs) There you go. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to your Twitter questions, but. Later, before that, we did get some news right before we jumped on the podcast. Uh, Micah Parsons, uh, defensive rookie of the year, maybe the defensive player of the year, tested positive for COVID. With the Cowboys playing here on Saturday, it's a pretty tight turnaround. I wouldn't expect him to play. How much of an impact does it have in this game, and are you worried about him going forward? Um, I'm pretty sure that he's uh, vaccinated from – I mean, I just I based on the numbers. Yeah. So um, – <clears throat> I'm I you know it's it's I I can't imagine a scenario where he is going to play in this game. I mean it's it's a even with the uh, uh, relaxed unless protocols, it's a false I, positive that'd be the only case. Yeah, right? yeah, and or if maybe he tested positive yesterday and then but the Mike McCarthy started... this morning said they had no new positive tests. So I'm so this just happened. Okay, yes. then yeah, I can't imagine short of a, a false positive that there's any way that he's playing Saturday. So. Uh, Cowboys kind of get screwed with the uh, with the early uh, game schedule. Well, and, and the, yeah, but but I mean the COVID situation is the COVID situation. It's, yeah, it's no the COVID problem. situation, right? And, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and here's uh, the just, thing: you'd rather have this happen now than at this time next week, right? Yeah, and honestly, I, I guess that's uh, and and not to kind of jump ahead, we had an interesting conversation uh, uh, question in our questions about Cooper and post COVID, you know, uh, symptoms and that sort of thing. That's my only concern now, you know, is is like we don't really there's a level of assumption by all of us that, okay, you're going to get COVID, you'll get over COVID. And then that's the last we're going to hear of it. But I don't know that that's always the case. I mean, I think, you know, you just have to look at Ezekiel Elliott last year. 
and some other folks that I just think that there are certain people that when they get it, it hits them harder and, and there's a longer recovery time to kind of get your wind back up and that sort of thing. So that's really my only concern with Parsons at this point is that, you know, is, is there going to be a long-term effect past when he's able to get back on the field? Yeah. And it, I mean, it's pretty likely the Cowboys will play probably next Sunday. So that gives them what, 10 plus days to get ready. I would think he'd be pretty close to being ready to go. I also think, and I don't know if you noticed this at all. Like I watched the defensive tape yesterday, all 22, he was dealing with something and I wasn't yeah. sure if he was winded. It, maybe this could just be, it was the start of COVID, but he was, he was hurting. Um, I don't think he was injured, but he was hurting. I think I think he got like a rib shot or something because maybe he looks this is ten, good... tender there, and it felt like he at one point he may have like had the wind knocked out of him even. So it might not be the worst thing in the world to not have him play a meaningless football game on Saturday. It's just you know, look, I, I, the Cowboys. We've been talking about it all week. I mean, it sounds like the Cowboys are going to try and play most folks, but I mean, the fact that that it's debatable means just kind of shows you how necessary it is, you know, at this point, like I think they are wanting to play the Cowboys in order to make sure that they don't lose kind of, or, or help to kind of get the offense back into some sort of rhythm. Uh, I don't know that, you know, there's any reason that you would feel that you had to play Parsons or there was a, a dire need there. I think this is, this is fine. Let him miss this game. But really the important thing is making sure that he's uh, healthy and ready to play next week. I think he'll be okay. Now, the concern is a couple of things. Is this going to continue to spread through the defense? Obviously, you hope that's not the case. Uh, but a lot of the defense has already had COVID, right? I mean, a lot of them have already missed games this year for COVID, but there's a couple that haven't, a couple of big names that haven't, right? Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Demarcus Lawrence. Like, you just you hope it doesn't spread. The other issue is they, they're just, they don't have a lot of linebackers right I now. I was just going right? to say, yeah. It, Keanu Neal is still on the COVID list. Francis Bernard is on the COVID, COVID list. He also has a groin injury. Uh, Jabril Cox is out for the season. Jalen Smith is dancing over in New York. Leighton Vanderesh is, Leighton Vanderesh. I mean, they just don't have a lot of players. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, even with the news that Curse also, I think, is popped up on the injury report with yeah. the hamstring. I mean, not that he plays linebacker, but that's just another guy box that you would play at that yeah. spot, right? Yeah, so. And maybe that's uh, what we should just start calling these guys now as box defenders rather than yeah. linebackers. Positionless football is upon yeah. You've us. You've got edge rushers, know. interior guys, and box defenders. Uh, I mean, and frankly, th those lines are being blurred at times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree. But uh, to kind of back to the point, yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to be missing, you know, several key players and a lot of numbers at the second level of their defense. Yeah, and it's not a great matchup against Philadelphia, who wants to run the ball basically on every single play. But luckily, this game doesn't mean all that much for Dallas or Philadelphia, uh, which is okay. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break before we get to your question so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. You guys know Built Bar. It's the new year. It's New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it just tastes so good. You'll want to eat healthy, but eating healthy gets boring. Built Bar helps you because it only has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at your next order at Built.com. 
A lot of great flavors available right now. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. Again, lock15 at built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Twitter question. That counts real quick. That counts yeah. as answering a question for David, the creator, who actually asked uh, if we could take a moment for Built Bar. So yes. there you go, David. We did it for I you, buddy. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> all right, from our guy Mark, he wants to know on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you in this team for the playoffs? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm, I'm struggling with my confidence on it. I mean, just because of what we saw last week. Uh, I, you know, look, I still think this is a very good team. I still think that this is a team that when they play their best and when they're in sync, they can beat anybody. I mean, especially this year, this is just not a truly dominant team really in the NFC or the AFC, you know? So I think that I still have confidence if they can kind of turn it around. Uh, and I just don't know that if we're going to see that this week necessarily. Um, so I, I would say I, I'm probably a six or seven. But that's mostly based on my belief that this team has the talent to do what they need to do to move forward. Not necessarily that I've seen them play the way that they need to play in the playoffs, you know, very much in the last month, I would say. I would also say, I I think I'm around the same, but the NFC playoffs are just good. Like the teams that they're going to play are all just as good as them. And that's what makes this really hard. Like it's not going to be a cupcake game in round one that you just kind of blow through and they blow out whoever they play. It's just not going to be the case. Like you're going to either play the Rams who are just star studded all over the place or the Cardinals who you just lost to at home. So like, I don't know how your confidence could be super high, but at the same time, this team is really talented. So I don't think you can be super low on them either. Is that a cop-out answer? I know. I think that's and that's an accurate description of six or seven, right? To me, because it's like, you know, five is like, it could go either way. Six or seven means, you know, hey, I've seen them do this before. I know that they can do this. It's just that we haven't seen it lately, so I can't feel, you know, an eight, nine, ten level of confidence there. I agree with you. Uh, All right, next question from Matt. He wants to know, could a guy with a big-time speed, either in draft or free agency, unlock this offense? It seems like it's the one thing this offense lacks, especially at pass catcher. And I agree. They've been missing that guy that has the, the oh shoot speed, right? Like they just need that guy that can really stretch the field and force teams to cover every blade of grass. They haven't had that guy since, I don't know, Rocket Ishmael. I mean, they've had other guys, they've had other guys that 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 have the kind of speed to threaten, but that aren't necessarily, you know, that's the other thing too. How many times have Pete have of teams chased speed in the draft or whatever. But the problem was that that those uh, players weren't good enough receivers to be actual threats. I mean, that's what makes a guy like Phil Dorsett, uh, right? Like Phil Dorsett was a first round pick, right? 
yeah, it, it, that, that's what makes a guy like Tyree Kill so unique, right? Is that, he's yeah, good. he's yep. incredibly fast, but he's a very good receiver. And that's what makes that speed threat realized, right? The Cowboys need a guy that has a little bit more of a stretch the field element than what we've got currently, but is also someone who is a threat to catch the ball down the field. I mean, I think it would help, obviously, to just give more space for the guys to operate underneath, but I also think it would help you know, in, in some of the run game stuff as the kind of reverse guy. I mean, I, I like CeeDee Lamb there, but it doesn't quite have the same feel as when, and again, I'm not advocating for this person, but when you had a Tavon Austin or mm-hmm. uh, even a Lucky Whitehead you know, go all the way back, just to have some of those guys that, you know, you know, as soon as they get the ball, they're going to be the fastest person going that direction. Uh, I think that that is helpful and just kind of, again, making, like you said, making the defense defend every blade of grass, which is going to open things up for everyone. Else. And there, there are different types of these guys, like the Tavon yeah. guy that you mentioned, the super shifty kind of quick guy, or there's the long strider, right? Like we've seen that kind of before where if this guy gets ahead of steam running down the field, even like Terrence Williams, like he wasn't the super fastest, but he was a really good long strider, right? Like, yeah. I'm starting to think the Cowboys need the kind of guy that can make plays down the field. Um, But it's hard to find those guys, Lane, as you mentioned. Like, they just don't come around very often. Yeah, I mean, the truly great ones don't. And the guys that actually – I mean, what you're looking for is a threat that actually makes the defense think twice about, you know, bringing guys uh, down into the box. and and, Pete Deshaun Jackson, right? Yeah. or I mean, just – I mean, really, I think just Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun I mean, Jackson. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think it necessarily needs to be peak. I mean, because, again, it's not even necessarily – and this is the other thing, too, that we don't account for in, in you know, analytics and stuff when we study this stuff is the threat and the mentality that it puts in defensive coordinators' minds. Like, that has value, right? That has actual value. It's hard to quantify it because you're only seeing – the defensive coordinator's reactions to those players and, and how does that, you know, actually kind of correspond to actual production. But I, I think that there is something there that having that kind of threat makes defensive coordinators think twice about doing uh, or deploying certain fronts or looks uh, because of the threat that, you know, you have this guy who can run faster than everybody else on your defense and get behind. I agree. I just don't know how much the Cowboys should prioritize speed on offense because obviously they need it. But they're going to have other needs this offseason, right? Yeah. Like they're going to need more linebackers. They're going to need probably more offensive line depth. Where does that fit in? Uh, we'll see. We're going to have plenty I, I, of time I, to talk about that, though. I will say real quick, just because we've talked about it, if the Cowboys are going to let Michael Gallup go, if that's if that happens, and I don't even know that that necessarily is a foregone conclusion at this point, but if they decide that that's the case, I, I mean, I think the wide receiver becomes a position of need, even with the even with whoever you have left. Just because yeah. I think this offense needs to be dominant. They need to continue to try to make a dominant offense. I really think it would be a mistake, uh, and this is an offseason discussion, I think I really think it would be a mistake, despite how good this defense has been, to try to shift to a full complementary offense defense because I just don't think that that's replicatable. Oh, it's not sustainable at all, right? Yeah. What's sustainable is, is having a good offense and then building a defense that's very much – turnover prone right like like we're kind of seeing this year the other yeah. there's going to be years where you have a higher variance of turnovers like we're seeing this year but i, I agree with you so we'll see what the cowboys do this offseason I, I their offense is going to be good regardless because they're bringing back dak they're bringing back 
Amari and CD and Zeke and Pollard and all that kind of stuff. But how much do they lean into making sure they have a, an elite offense? We'll see. Uh, all right. This next question from Todd, and I like this one. What constitutes success this year for the Cowboys? Is it making the mm. championship game? Is it winning in the first round and having a close loss in the second round? We, failing to win in round one is a clear failure, but I am having yeah. a hard time drawing a line for success. That's a really good question uh, because I do think that it's something that Cowboys fans should be asking themselves right now is, you know, what's, what's a step forward? What's, what, what do you feel like is, you know, obviously Super Bowl or bust is, you know, something that you're setting yourself up for uh, failure every year, you know, because it's, it's obviously the goal and that's what the teams should be uh, uh, rooting for. But what should we as fans uh, be happy about as far as you know uh, postseason success and, and and taking a step forward i would say they've already accomplished one big goal right actually two big goals they won the nfc east and made the playoffs now i know those kind of go hand in hand they do go hand in hand but that's always the first goal for every single team is win your division and they did it with two three games left to go in the season like they they accomplished yeah. that pretty easily so you've already hit one of your goals I do think you need to at least win a playoff game, at least one. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like that's that is uh, that's the that's like that's kind of a sideways step of where we are, you know. Like, I mean, I feel like, and maybe I'm you know relying too much on recent history as opposed to extremely recent history, but I, I just feel like we've done one playoff game. I, I think. I definitely, yeah, one playoff game win would be a minimum. If they don't win the playoff game, I will be dis- be disappointed. I, I, I agree. Ended. I agree. It, it, I, I now, talk how it goes to, in that I, second game, is yeah, that's, the, that, that's the question, right? I, I could talk myself into saying this was a successful season if they win in round one and they go to Lambeau and they lose a close game. Yeah. Like, obviously, you want more than that, obviously. Yeah. But absolutely. where we were talking about this team at the beginning of the year, I don't think even you. Listen, Landon, you're a little bit more of an optimist than I am. I don't think we were thinking of this team as a Super Bowl contending team at the beginning of the year. Now, if everything hit right, maybe. And a lot of things have hit right. But if they if they don't if they don't beat the Packers in Lambeau, I won't be saying, you know what, hey, get rid of everybody. We we need to change things. Like that won't happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I honestly can't imagine a clean house scenario at this point. I, I was just. Being a little dramatic there, but you, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think. Sure, no, 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 totally. I, think I mean, I think, I think, I think it, after that, it, it's not unlikely that 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 is the initial reaction after losing. Absolutely, but but I, I agree. I think. Well, you never you know, know how I'm feeling. Yeah, you never know on the initial <laughs> reaction, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that you know, none. Of, like we said, none of that. Nothing is really going to make me have that kind of reaction long term. I think. Um, I think what would be truly disappointing is if they just continue to fade out like they lose against Philadelphia because they're trying to get ready for the playoffs and then they just lose their first round game that would just be kind of a pathetic ending of three straight losses just not 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 a good showing of the way they end the season uh I think you know you you would try you win your first playoff game and then you see who you're playing in the next round and and how you perform against that team and and I think that that's you know like it's it, this is the kind of question it's like check back with me in a week or two weeks probably right and, and let's see who we're playing and, and the situation and then I can set the kind of standard of what I think is a win or what is a step forward for this team versus what is just more of the same. I, I do agree with you. Winning a playoff game 
I think is a small step forward, but not a big one, right? You're at least not going in the wrong direction, right? Yeah. I think losing in the first round, and let's say it's in really ugly fashion, that's a really bad look for this team if that happens, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because they don't have a ton of excuses for it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, if, they, if there's a bunch of injuries or something, that would be one thing. But uh, if they go into this game, that, that playoff game, relatively healthy, and then they can't win their first playoff game, at home, yeah, that that's disappointing. It's very disappointing. I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to twenty-five cents for every single gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code Touchdown and get a bonus twenty-five cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to fifty cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. This question from David. He wants to know, uh, some guy named John Oning had some really interesting data about how Dak seems to immediately check down when the defense shows a closed or open middle of the field pre-snap look and then reverses that look post-snap. Any idea why he can't process that and or why Moore isn't doing anything to combat that? I think it's incredibly difficult is why. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's it's something that's been giving all the elite though. quarterbacks. It, yeah, it's a very, no, it's a very good question. Like, and, and I think it's, it's a question that a lot of offensive coordinators are asking themselves, how do we combat this, right? Because it's it's been the popular uh, uh, way of look uh, you know the branded staley you know uh, vic fangio de- style of defense is not the thing that's revolutionary about it or 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 that's really changing is not that they're playing cover 2 or that they're playing you know uh middle of the field open uh, uh coverages it's that they're showing you a look pre-snap and then moving to a, the another look post-snap right and that's and that has is what has been the kind of uh, fashionable and frankly very successful type of defense against some of these better quarterbacks and and it's not just deck it's 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 all of them almost you know you've seen uh Mahomes struggle with it we've seen lots of different uh, uh different quarterbacks that are in that tier struggle with it so part of it is that there's not a ton an offensive coordinator can do at that point and that's that's really why the defensive coordinator you know, they do that is that they, the offense coordinator can give you all the answers you need uh, for wh- whatever specific type of coverage they have. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the quarterback changes the play pre-snap in order to uh, adjust to what he's seeing, and then obviously they change that post-snap, you know, the check down is a safe play because you, you know, you're not throwing into a trap necessarily. Uh, uh, <laughs> except for the fact that the checkdown is the trap, right? The checkdown is right, what they're right. trying to get you to do. So 
uh, I definitely agree. I mean, looking at the numbers and looking at the film, you see it. Like those things match up. That that Dak is hesitant in those situations to get the ball down the field. And we can argue about what kind of coverage it is. And I saw that back and forth between uh, Bob Sturm and, and and Babe. It, it ultimately doesn't matter because it, whether it was two, whether it was man, whether it was you know two under or whatever whether it was cover seven, there still are shots to, to be taken. And even in the ones that was being described, you know, like there was a turkey hole shot that could have been made, you know, for, for Cooper. We have to find a way to, uh, to attack these situations and not just play it safe because things look a little bit messy uh, post-snap. And, and I know that that's, you know, Dak's just going to need to continue to look at film and look at that. But I think that it, it is a, a, a a thing that a lot of offensive coordinators are asking themselves right now. And I think that the solution to it is two things. One, uh, you've got to play some more tempo. And two, you've got to find a way to make these defenses pay when you see open receivers in these situations so that they don't want to have their safeties trying to fly back. Yep. You've got to make them pay for, for having – Buda Baker line up at the line, you know, in the box, and then have to run twenty five yards back. Yeah, exactly. You got to hit big plays two. on them, right? You got to hit the big plays and make them stop doing that if you want them to stop doing that. This isn't anything new, by the way. Like teams try to do this to Peyton Manning for years, right? And sometimes they would get him, and sometimes he would struggle, especially in big playoff games. Like I, I yeah. can think of a handful of times when the Patriots or the Steelers would do this to to Peyton, and he would struggle, but eventually he would. He would speed up the tempo. He would keep one personnel group on the field and basically say, Hey, if you're going to play this, I'm going to snap the ball at 25 seconds every single time. And you're going to, you're not going to have a chance to do that. I'll say this too. There's another group that we need to include here. And that's the wide receivers, because ultimately a lot of these routes are based on what the coverage is. So if the wide receiver isn't reading the coverage the same way as the quarterback, the wide receiver is going to run a different route than the quarterback is expecting. And I think that that's what happens when you see stuff like the that Cooper stop route where I think Dak thought he was supposed to run to, to daylight, right? It's that, you know, versus man, you do this. Versus zone, you do this. And sometimes it's difficult to parse whether you're in man or zone based on, you know, some of these match coverages, man match exactly. and zone match coverages. So uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of complicated math. It's not as straightforward as we all make it out to be. And we're, we're only just – folks on the internet who are watching this stuff and studying playbooks, it's, it's ultimately way more complicated than even that. So I think the way to solve this is try to strip everything down, try to get the quick game going, get up to the line of scrimmage quickly so that they don't even really have the opportunity to do a lot of this stuff uh, to, con to confuse Dak and just to make things simple for the reads for the wide receivers and the quarterback. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, this one is from, sorry, I lost the name. This one's from John. Is this offense not built around Amari Cooper or CD Lamb? They've ha they've had multiple games where they hardly have 50 yards, but the Packers and Rams all get the ball to their stud right wide receivers. Why can't the Cowboys do the same? I mean, it's a complicated I, question. Yeah, I mean, I think it and it's you know, the thing about it is that I don't know that Cooper or lamb right now are playing like Devonte adams and 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 you know uh, cooper cup i would say especially i mean cooper cup's having a phenomenal season so i don't know i think right now there's efficiency problems they're, they're having a hard time hooking up and just getting basic plays i think if you know 
a lot of this would be solved if they could just convert some of these, just simply catch the ball and then, yeah. you know, let these players randomly break tackles and get some yak. But, but because, you know, you had a game where like I would say half of Cooper's, uh, you know, targets either had a pass deflection, a, a miscommunication between the quarterback, you know, it just seems completely disjointed. And when you don't get any kind of, and this is exactly what we talked about yesterday, when you don't get any kind of reliable uh, uh, consistency from your pass catchers, um, it's tough to, it's tough to continue this offense to continue to get shots to take chances with Lamb and Cooper. I will also say this: Do you know that the Cowboys have more yards and more points per game than both the Rams and Packers do? Like, yeah. When, when, okay, here, here's the thing. When you rely so heavily on one receiver, like the Rams and the Packers both do, and Cup and Adams are both having fantastic years. Like, Cup might mm-hmm. break the single-season receiving yard record. Yep. Yes, your offense is consistent throwing the ball to those guys because you make it a priority. What ends up happening is the other players in your offense end up being wildly inconsistent. And we see this with Green Bay all the time. Like there's games where Al Nazard will have hundred yards and two touchdowns. There'll be games where he doesn't have a single catch. It, if you've played basketball before, it, you know what I'm talking about. Like if there's one guy who's taking all the shots and then all of a sudden you get the ball and you get a, you have to put up a shot, you're not going to be in rhythm at all. Right. Yeah. And it actually yeah. ends up hurting the, your offense, despite one player just putting up a bunch of points. It's kind of the same thing. While Cup and Adams are having really good seasons, their offenses haven't been as good as Dallas are. It has been all year because they're just in a better rhythm. They don't need one player to carry their offense. And I get it. We're living in the fantasy football era of the NFL. Yeah. It's it's really fun to see our our guys go over 100 yards every week. But it's kind of not what makes an offense hard to stop, right? And it's the thing is you can't have both, right? Like, right. I mean, we spent all this time, you know, during the Jason Garrett era complaining about, uh, uh, you know, star-based offenses, and especially with Scott Linehan, right? Like, I mean, offenses that you are for, trying to force feed the ball to your stars over Yeah, and over Des was again. getting 40% of the passing targets during that time, yeah. right? And so and, – and it wasn't working. And so now you get a pick-your-poison type offense that – uh, you know, is really adjusting to what the defense is doing to them, even more so than, you know, the Garrett, you know, offense kind of claimed to do. And uh, it, it's not going to be uh, uh, a consistent, you know, and that's the, <laughs> and this is the pull, right? Like when you have that kind of Garrett offense, you're always going to be begging for more variety. You're always going to be begging for more, uh, a, a change up or something to be different yeah. to, to go to the ball different ways to target different guys. When you're in this kind of offense, you know, it seems like all season we've been kind of asking for what's the consistent thing? What's the thing that you hang your hat on when nothing else is working? And I think that both of these types of offenses have that there are those flaws, right? So yep. Yep. we're constantly going to be looking for a, a reliable uh, thing that you can hang your hat on uh, in this offense because we spend most of the time distributing the ball and, and having 10 different receivers. So you know, I think I think you brought it up. The Cowboys' offense is as successful as any offense in the it's NFL. It's number one offense in the NFL, even after it's, even after a month of struggling a little bit. I mean, we're talking about yeah, struggling scoring yeah. twenty two points in the game. There's <laughs> Dak threw three touchdowns last week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Baltimore. Excuse me, the Rams scored twenty points against Baltimore last week, and they thought it was one of the best games they've had all season. Like, I don't know, man. I just it, it's not a big deal. Cooper Cup has 184 targets this year. 
Do you know who leads the Cowboys in targets? Lamb, maybe? It's Lamb with 118. He's got like 70 fewer targets than Cooper Cup has, which that's basically the difference in another entire receiver. Like Michael Gallup had 62 targets this year. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. I I get being frustrated because somebody doesn't have 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns, and we're not talking about them as a Pro Bowl receiver, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's about winning games. The Cowboys have won a bunch of games. So yeah, if right. we get into the playoffs and we still can't generate an offense. It's a different discussion. But I, I, I honestly discussion. think we're, we're not talking about the Cowboys' struggles because they're not getting the ball to CD and Amari enough. I don't I don't think that's at all. It's been execution, right? It's yeah. missing guys and not running the right routes or not running them at the right depth. I don't think it's been – Hey, the Cowboys aren't getting Amari and CD involved. I don't think that's been absolutely. Issue. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not because they don't want to. It's because it just hasn't. It, it hasn't happened. Disjointed. It hasn't connected. Yeah. yeah. Last question from at DC Draft: Are the Cowboys the reason I don't have feelings anymore? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? <laughs> uh, we we've lost games in the most frustrating way possible. You win games, all we do is think about the next week. It's just kind of the nature of the beast, right? Just a numbing agent, basically, being a Cowboys fan. Uh, I'm going to need years and years of therapy to get over the last couple seasons. Uh, All right. I'm dead inside. What's that? (laughs) I'm dead inside. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. Uh, Follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. Download the podcast wherever you're getting your podcasts. Tomorrow, we've got a podcast coming out with Locked on Eagles. Uh, Actually recording that tonight. Really looking forward to that. Uh, So make sure you guys are tuning in. We'll be back on Friday to preview the Cowboys Saturday night matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. We will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.